today, episode five of The Music Between Us. I'm so happy to be here with my cousin, Chloe. She's one of the most interesting, fun people I've ever been around and so happy to chat with her today. Excited to be here. Yeah. So we always start with just an open-ended question on, you know, what music do you generally like? Maybe just evolution, like what you liked over time and just growing up. Yeah. Music for me has been something that has like really come in and out of my life. I didn't grow up with a lot of music around. Of course, my parents had their choices. You know, my dad liked the Beatles. My mom, you know, she mostly listened to classical music and it wasn't something that we were majorly exposed to. Like my mom was a really creative person, but it was more like the fine arts, you know, Mm -hmm. she really liked crafts, painting, you know, stuff like that. And so I never really was that into it. I just liked what other people liked essentially. And then, you know, when I was in college, I was really, really busy studying all the time. Um, (laughs) And so I did, I just like had listened, had music in the background. And it was when I moved to like, the U.S.-Mexico border that I actually really started to get into music and found kind of like solace within it. And so, you know, up until I was about 22, 23, I listened to like a little bit of everything, you know, it was very Colorado music taste, so bluegrass, <laughs> folky type of stuff. And then I turned, you know, 22, I think, and I started like sorting music into playlists. And that's when it really, really got like, I really started getting into it. And it started, you know, my first ever playlist that I made was, it's called Lavender, and it's only female rappers. And so Mm. that really got me into kind of the rap scene. I really liked the beat and like, the different rhythms that were within it and the structure of it. And from there, it just like expanded, I would say that I still mostly listen to rap, but it's a lot of jazz, the better my Spanish gets the more I get into you know different types of Spanish music Um, and you know there's just like a little bit of everything my music taste has definitely grown I start and I'm now like open to everything you know Mm -hmm. when I was 16 people would be like what kind of music do you listen to and I was like anything but country because I thought (laughs) I was so cool to not like country and then this summer I even made a country playlist so it's it's an evolution there you go we always love to see people coming around on country music (laughs) um that's kind of surprising to me based on uh, your your dad. Um, does, but I remember every time I was with your dad in the car, it was always uh, sports radio, Denver Broncos radio. Exactly. It wasn't actually a lot of music. Yeah, he didn't listen to music. He made us listen to like 104.3 The Fan, yeah. which is like Denver Broncos sports. So, And then I just like had the same music taste that my sister and my brother did because, you know, they were mm. driving me it after that and then yeah I think like my high school boyfriend was really into music and he kind of got it into my head that I wasn't really into music you know that Mm. I liked his music because he liked it but you didn't like it. but I didn't know anything about music so Mm. I guess I never really challenged that until I got like a little bit older and then I made a friend who was like a really talented musician and taught me a lot about like music theory and I was like oh god I actually do not like music and I understand a lot of it even if I haven't had any formal training in it yeah who's uh who's that friend his name is Alex. He, uh, I met him at the U.S.-Mexico border as well, and we became quite good friends because there's very few people, like, working in the humanitarian world, so mm-hmm. you, like, really hold on to your friends, essentially. And he was working as a paralegal, but he had spent a lot of time making music all over the country, and now he's actually in Mexico City, like, playing for a few bands. So he's no longer a humanitarian oh, aid worker. Cool. He's, like, out there making music, which is good. What does he play? He plays everything, Mm. you know, like bass, guitar, drums, piano. But what he taught me was piano because, like, we lived in McAllen, Texas, which is, like, yay big and, like, Mm -hmm. nothing to do, like, nothing. (laughs) So he used to go to Guitar Center by himself to, like, have some clarity and, like, just play the instruments because none of us really – not only did we not have anything to do, like, we didn't really have that much money. So it's not like we could just go buy some instruments and, you Mm -hmm. know, play – So him and I went to Guitar Center like once or twice and I was like, give me a crash course in music theory. Cause like even my high school, you even, you either chose band or you chose like fine arts. You couldn't take Mm -hmm. both. So I chose like fine arts. So I didn't know anything. And so I was like, teach me about music theory. And he was like, basically here's the chord C, this is what sounds good. And that's all you need to know. And then from there it just grew. So essentially by music theory, you mean like just the basics of like 
how the music is structured like yeah. technically yeah 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 like how do you mm. structure a song like how do you think about structuring it what what kind of things are people thinking about because i i knew nothing i was like literally zero yeah. and also i don't want to learn like i'm not interested in like learning to read music for example i yeah. don't need to like replicate mm-hmm. i just want to know how to listen and like what to hear listen for yeah I don't know anything about music theory um, at all. I played piano as a kid, but like I didn't, I don't know anything about it to this day. But like, how did that shape your like experience listening to music then? I mean, I don't know if it really shaped my experience listening to music because he, before that had even happened, I would like deconstruct songs with him because we used to Mm. send songs back and forth a lot. And I would be like, I really like the way that this one like builds, 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 builds. And then like, de-escalates it's very like symmetric is the way that I would describe it for example and he would be like it's crazy because the way that you describe the breakdown of this song you don't use any of the right words but (laughs) all of the ideas are what like actual Mm. like technical musicians think of so once he taught me like the few basics I like got a really cheap piano from a friend she gave it to me for free and then I just started like playing piano on my free time I mean I still like half the time it doesn't sound good I can't read music I couldn't replicate what I make you know Mm -hmm. but he taught me how to like be able to start to make my own music and I found that to be really helpful not so much for hearing music but just to have a better relationship with music you know like and it opened me up to something that I'd always been interested in and it made me like really respect making music because even though I don't know anything about like the technicality of music Mm -hmm. I can sit in front of a piano for hours and it will make my like mind quiet and I'll just play and Mm -hmm. like I won't be able to tell you what I'm playing you know I (laughs) won't be able to replicate it I won't be able to write it down I also have only ever played on really bad pianos like none of the pianos I've ever played are tuned (laughs) so like but he taught me just like how to kind of let go and like think about it or, and then also not even think about it, you know, mm-hmm. just like here are a few base rules, build off it and have fun, like play. Yeah. That's really fun. One of my favorite things about my current roommate, uh, we moved to New York city together is he's very musically gifted and he can play by ear. So cool. like he can play, um, just anything. And there's times where we were, re- we were really broke when we moved here, uh, especially during COVID. And, um, he would just play by ear like songs that just came off like a commercial and like, and you'd be like, Oh, was that that old song? And then you'd like play it by ear or just sometimes I'd be sitting there cause I was still doing a few classes and we lived in the same room. We shared a one bedroom apartment oh in God. Chelsea <laughs> on a fifth floor walk up and like, we couldn't afford to have our own room. So we just had, we just shared a room like it was a college dorm and he would just, sometimes he'd just sit there and sing and like, I'd roll over so I wasn't like watching him, but like yeah. he just play. And it was like one of my favorite like experiences. Yeah. I mean, like I, Alex could also like play by ear, which was really cool, but I really like enjoyed that friendship that we ended up developing because mm-hmm. it completely opened me up to something that like playing music and listening to music is something I don't even have to think about, but it really mm-hmm. helps me like process things, you know, like for example, drawing or painting or whatever, there's so much planning that goes into it. And then once you're done, you have this like final product that you're looking at and then you, other people can see it and then you're critiquing it and you're like, well, I like this. I don't, but with music it's played and then it's done. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like into the world. It lets you, you, you get your emotions out, you know, I'm feeling sad. And then I'm like, but maybe I shouldn't be so sad. You know? So like it really has like helped, I think, me process a lot of emotions that I couldn't even necessarily put into words, yeah. but like it moved through me. Yeah. Giving like emotions, the time and the time, like to be there, like through it. And then it's just gone. And so are the emotions and you've processed it. Exactly. And it's like an abstract way to like mm. process abstract emotions. That's really nice. Um, so, I mean, obviously your love of music is shaped by Alex in some capacity, mm-hmm. but uh, how were, cause it's a really interesting circumstance. You guys were living at the border and all this other different situations and you're trying to do your best to help people and you know it's different situations how much of it like it music shaped your relationship and obviously you started making music how much of the circumstances you were in shaped music for the rest of your life but also the music that you make oh my gosh a ton because you know like I listen to music way more than I ever make it you know like Mm -hmm. through Alex I learned that I actually could make music and that it wasn't some like gatekept thing that I just like didn't have rhythm and like didn't understand it the way I had kind of thought before but it opened me up to just like not only making music but listening to music in a different way and from that my like love of music grew and I basically I started making these playlists before I met Alex but I started like 
sorting uh, music into colors. And so now I have like multiple different playlists. I have like lavender, marigold, green, olive, sage, blue, red, you know, like Mm -hmm. Merlot. And they're all completely different like vibes and different moods. And, you know, like sometimes you just want your brain to, you know, kind of like shut off or you're thinking about something and you want something in the background. And so I... I started using music to put that in the background and I, you know, I have a background in neuroscience as well. So I, I was like at one point, you know, going through some pretty tough situations about a year ago and I just like needed something to kind of fill my brain. And Mm so I made this playlist Marigold, which is like my number one playlist. It has 10 likes on Spotify. So I'm basically famous. I know. (laughs) I know I'm an influencer. (laughs) And it's basically like my positive self-affirmation playlist. And it's, Mm. I think it's like seven hours now and it's all R&B and rap, but like all of the lyrics are like positive lyrics. So when I'm, you know, at work or in the subway, I, and I just like need to hear that things are going to be okay. Mm. I'll just put this playlist on it. And I'm like, I listen to it every year every week you know Mm -hmm. and I think that that has like I say a lot of people you know have church I have marigold for example (laughs) you know it's got like some spiritual undertones it's got a lot of like you know you're a bad bitch undertones I don't know if I can swear but (laughs) I can go for it just be yourself so it has like a lot of different aspects that I think have really helped me get through some harder times you know Mm. like when I'm so tired at the end of the day, especially when I was living in Texas, like something I could always do is sit in the bathtub and listen to music, you Mm -hmm. know? And that would turn my brain, not off, but it would give me something to focus on that was like finite, you know? Starting a painting or like making something is, you know, kind of a commitment. Mm -hmm. That, That creative outlet, you, at least I put pressure on myself to come back to it. Whereas music, it's there and then it's gone and it's, you're able to focus on it and then yeah. move on. In this vein of, you know, artistic and emotional expression through this, I know kind of recently, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like I've noticed more you posting poetry on, is, is that similar like to like the making music, but writing poetry, maybe you need to like get something out as compared to like just playing it away? Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're like really, really similar, to be honest, Mm -hmm. especially like the poetry that I write and then end up posting publicly on social media Mm -hmm. is always I'm like working through something specific, but trying to write it in a way that's really vague or like relatable, you know, something that no one knows exactly what I'm talking about other than it's the subject of grief. Mm -hmm. And like that allows me to kind of think about it in certain ways. And, you know, when I'm writing those things, I'll like write a line and then I'll erase it and rewrite it again. And it's similar with like when I'm playing the piano, I'll like start a little ditty and then I'll be like, nope, not how I'm feeling and redo it. But a similar, you know, chord progression, similar, but maybe like a different, you know, frequency or whatever the fuck it's called. See, I told you, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah, know the no, music it's fine. but it's fine. You um, don't need to know. Yeah. I think it's, they are definitely connected. I, I feel like music, you know, I've been interested in, you know, combining one day mm-hmm. the like making of music and the like poetry. But what I like so much about music, like instrumental music, is it feels unstructured, like it's unstructured play for me. And that's also why I'm like adamantly against learning how to read music, like, yeah. which is probably some people would be like, oh, my God, why? Like, especially if like a natural inclination. I like not knowing. I like just messing around and playing what sounds fun and what feels right in the moment. And, you know, I even on one of my Instagrams started like making little underscores for some of my poetry. And I really enjoyed that. Um But my number one thing is, like, I can't sing. You know, I've always said if I could sing, I might be famous. (laughs) But I I can't sing. So I don't know if if I'll ever, like, end up combining them more. Yeah, well, I think think, um, the beauty of things doesn't mean someone else has to consider it good. It just has to be yours, which is, like, just a – that's that's all it has to be, and then that's the best you can make because it means the most to you. And in an authentic place, someone else can appreciate it if they know you. I like that. So like, you don't have to like, at least personally, I think you don't have to make something universally. You don't have to be like super famous and yeah. like super recognized in order to make genuine good art it just has to be an expression of yourself in some capacity yeah and I think that's like something I've learned over the past few years through my music journey is you know like I felt for a while that you know if you're not going to make something really good then why make anything at all 
And then I just got past it because I was like, well, I have nothing else to do. And like, if I don't do something, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just started. And like now I say that my ratio when I'm playing piano, 80% sounds great. 20% sounds horrible, you know, and that's <laughs> fine. No one's going to listen to it except for myself anyway. Yeah. I mean, for me, starting like some some kind of creative venture, because I moved to New York City to try and find some creative venture because I've always made the sensible choice. I'm an accountant, good at math. You contribute to your 401k. You work hard for 40 years. I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to take a chance on it. And I always, I've been, it took me, I always want to be on camera in some capacity. And it took me three years and four months of living here to finally release anything, like now to put anything are. out. And I mean, for me too, it's just like, who cares if my podcast is any good? I'm going to, it's going to be enjoyable and I'm going to make it and I'll have made it. And the like suppressed emotion that I want to creatively express won't haunt me the rest of my life. So it's such a beautiful thing either way. And you connect with people, you know, yeah. like whether you have three listeners or 3,000 or 3 million, you know, by yeah. creating something, whether you're connecting with the audience or the person that you're talking to or mm -hmm. around, it just really creates space to get to know each other better, which I really, really appreciate. Yeah. And the whole music element, too, is great. So I'd love to jump back to your playlists. Like, um, you have so many different variations of them. Yeah. Like, uh did each playlist bring you back to particular? I think Marigold probably just keeps coming back. Yeah, <laughs> it that keeps one's coming constant. back. Um, and are there are there any ones like that? Just the color is just like a time of your life that just brings you back there, and it doesn't necessarily come back, but you connect to it. Yeah, I think you know, like they all bring me back to like certain parts of my life. There's some that, you know, continue to make a comeback, but like, for example, Carnation is my country playlist. <laughs> and I've like decided I'm going to get into country by listening to only female artists, because oh. I don't know if you've listened to a lot of country, but I find that like male country a lot of time and not always, it's not always, obviously. But there's a lot of songs from male country artists singing about how they're alcoholics and sad about their lives. And then I found that like female artists are like singing about how they're mad that these people in their lives are alcoholics and like <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And I like that like female anger, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I think Carnation, I started Carnation because I used to be like very anti-country. I thought it was cool to be anti-country because I'm from like mm -hmm. a more rural part of Colorado. I'm from near the border of Wyoming. There's a big rodeo culture, yeah. big country culture. And it was actually after this past year when I went back for the Greeley Stampede, which is like the annual big rodeo where they have like a bunch of country artists. And I was like, you know what? Country makes me feel like home. And so I decided to make a country playlist. And now whenever I listen to it, it's to make me feel like I'm closer to home. You know, it's not for any other purpose than that. And then I think the other kind of playlist that will always have a timestamp in my life is Lavender, just because it was like the first playlist I ever started, you know. And now it's also really long, maybe like eight or nine hours. And that playlist was like the first color playlist that I made. And it was the first one that I stuck to for a long time. And so I would listen to it every single day, driving back between the U.S. and Mexico. And um, crossing back from Mexico takes hours sometimes. You have to wait in line to go through customs. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have anything to do other than listen to music and like talk about the day. And so Lavender to this day is going to always bring me back to like those first few years of starting Solidarity, I think, of just like sitting in the car and, you know, hoping that it's, things were going to work out. And, you know, also Lavender is the color of my organization. So <laughs> it like is nice. extra heart, heart, heart. Yeah. So we'll come back. We'll come back to Lavender and your organization and caring for humanity but i wanted to jump back to the country music if we could yeah so i mean i love country music i'm a little bit of a country music nerd and you want to listen to female country artists <laughs> i also uh if you should watch there's a oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name the guy that makes all the great pbs documentaries there's one on country music i forget his name but um great watch but American country music as we know it is built on mostly two women in the Carter family. So they're like, there's, there's like the origins of American country music as we know it as, a, as the middle of America 
started in the mountains of Virginia, essentially. A lot of people think Nashville. No, that's just where the biggest radio station was. But the recording artists, the biggest ones recorded in Bristol, Tennessee, slash Virginia on that border. And uh, two, like, they're, uh, sorry, let me start over. The husband of Sarah Carter Mm -hmm. was also in the group because they needed a family dynamic to have the man kind of be around. And he did all the the money managing and the whatever talking to people because no one would take a woman seriously. But the two stars of the Carter family were Sarah and her cousin Mabel. Mm -hmm. And I think you would find them very interesting. Um, Essentially, uh, Mabel is like was the original Taylor Swift. She literally invented a way how to play the guitar. Like it's called scratch technique. And it's, it's, it's a very common technique throughout the history of country music. But between Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family, the Carter family really was the foundation of American country music. So highly recommend you go back and listen to the Carter family. Yeah, as I'll like, watch that documentary too. Yeah, Send it to me. I will. It's it's really good. But I, I, I do think it's just... I, I don't like the... Like you talk about, the there's different eras of country music. Like there's the old, like... Hank, I'm an alcoholic, and then there's the like 2000s bro country, yeah, where it's like hat backward kind of guy, yeah, and it's just like I I get that, but there was so much good. I kind of talked about it with uh, my friend Brad. There was so much good female country artists, so many good female country artists in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, so good. But there's so many, and you know, I figured like a lot of the country I've been exposed to has been from like Greeley, Colorado parties, you know, which is where the, like the <laughs> epicenter of bro country comes yeah. in, you know. And yeah. so I got into country through female artists, similar to the way that like I got really into rap. I was like liked rap as a general genre, but I didn't really dive fully in because like. I just couldn't connect with the artists sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then as I like went through female rap, I was like, oh my God, I totally connect with this genre and really got into it. And I'm hoping that that's like how country plays out. But I definitely, uh, once I started listening to like a lot of country and I still don't listen to a lot, but I listened to a lot compared to what it was a few years ago. I was like, oh my yeah. God, this is like such a more diverse and like complex yeah. genre than I think I've given it credit for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a great – the eras, there's always amazing – like Dolly Parton, obviously. Obviously. Like Patsy Cline, just going all the way back. But, yeah, it's a great journey. Uh, but by female rap, or do you have any specific artists? Little Sims is my number one okay. love of my life. Sometimes I am introvert. Her, like, last album – or her, like, 2021 20, album, she just came out with another one that I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But Little Sims by far is, like, my favorite, yeah. I think, rap artist because she's, like, a few. I think she must be a few years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Because her albums, like I well, I know that one, but her albums, as they come out, basically like exactly replicate how I'm feeling in my world. And she raps like a lot about, you know, different power dynamics. Her her mom is, I believe, Nigerian. Her family's Nigerian. Mm. She grew up in London. So it's a lot of like cross-cultural references, power dynamics, colonization, like what is capitalism what is the music industry and I just think that like it really and then also on the flip side of that like how do these things affect you and you can like see her kind of fighting these like internal battles of like what it means to be an individual Mm -hmm. what it means to have real relationships how success can impact those relationships and make them you know quite quite hard to navigate and also the pressure that gets put on you as you become more successful and you know the ability to maintain certain relationships becomes difficult it's hard to sometimes you know have boundaries with people know exactly what people's intentions are and I think she talks really broadly about a lot of that different stuff and I found that to be like incredibly helpful she also has like a lot of different genres within her music it's rap but she uses a lot of classical instruments like there's songs within her album that has no rap it sounds like you're in like a fairy tale movie where it's like you know and there's like a story voiceover and all this you know like string music behind I just really think she spans all of these different genres while talking about things that just like make me feel really like at peace almost you know I think that I also really related to her because she talks a lot about like being more introverted and I am you know people don't 
expect that I'm so introverted because I can be quite loud and I do well in crowds and like I know how to present and all of these things. But when it comes to it, like I need my alone time and I need a lot of solitude and I need that like space. And I, I think like her storylines that she tells through her albums really, really kind of mirror the way that I feel and her progression of her music as she gets older and like changes how she's seeing things. I think I've also really connected to. Mm. Yeah. So that's really cool. I don't know who she is, but I'm definitely going to look her up. I'm going to, I'm going to look her up. Um, just so I know she sounds, but I think it, she embodies a lot of what makes you who you are. Uh, you, you value, um, activism and looking at the whole picture and getting rid of what we don't need and supporting what's good. Mm -hmm. And so like, and also uh, female power and yeah. just feminism and just empowering women. So I think that's really important to you. So, um, is there, and I also want to tie this into your organization because I think that's really awesome and cool. Um, what you, what you do. So like, is there any time that she, can you talk me through what she, you related to specifically with her and how that might tie into, you know, your career ambition and success to do what you're doing like yeah. with your life? Yeah. I mean, like, I think that her kind of album droppings like really came at very important times in my life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I might be introvert, um, which I always want to say, sometimes I want to be an introvert or sometimes I might be an introvert. Sometimes I want to be introvert or I might be introvert anyway. <laughs> um, that came when I was, that came out when I was living in Texas by myself or mm -hmm. shortly before I moved into Texas by myself. And, you know, like coming back and forth from the U S Mexico border, working in these camps where there was almost nobody and, you know, working, but there's thousands of people who mm. don't have water, don't have bathrooms, don't have shelter, and they're coming to you as a solution. And you're like 23 years old, you know, <laughs> I am really grateful that that album existed because it was like one of the first albums that I had heard. And keep in mind, like, I don't listen to albums very often. Like I'm more of a, a playlist type, um, but that album I would just put on repeat because the like complexity of emotions that she was feeling, it just like made me feel sane. And so mm -hmm. I would get home and, you know, I would be alone because I love my alone time and I was living alone. Um, but sometimes I would be too alone because I didn't have that many friends with the community that we worked in was small and it shrunk significantly in size, you know, la about last June. And so then I became like really, really alone. And so I would, you know, get home from Mexico, take a quick shower. And I would just like put on these like really intense, you know, cause some of her music is it's, it really has a lot of different like aspects to it, but some of it really has intense, like classical parts to it. Mm -hmm. And it just like quieted my mind. And I was like, okay, so I'm not crazy for like feeling these complex emotions and like looking at this situation being like, this doesn't feel right. This is, doesn't seem like it should be the way that it is. And you know, she's talking, a lot of her music talks about the music industry specifically. She really focuses um, on, especially her newest album about the corruption within the music industry, about the inequities within the music industry. And so her first album was very like focused on her self-discovery as, you know, working through a lot of trauma and working through her inter introversion and, you know, changing friendships and all that. But then her second album or her like most recent album, which just came out probably six months ago, it was much angrier, I would mm -hmm. say. It's like much more about how the music industry is like really messed up and she had to choose to make music the way that she wanted to and talk about things the way she wanted to talk about it and like her album is very explicitly talking about all the problems in the music industry and how corrupt it is and also about like finding hope and finding relationships with that and like finding like losing yourself to something that is overwhelming because you're getting pulled in a million different directions and how do you find yourself like after that and that album you know, really stuck with me because there was a period with Solidarity, which I helped start Solidarity Engineering. Um, there was a period, when was this? This must have been six months ago, 
where I was just so overwhelmed. We weren't bringing in money the way we needed to. The situation at the border was exploding. We couldn't get media. Like the Biden administration wasn't giving any aid. It was really, really overwhelming. And so I was trying to figure out what to do because, you know, at a certain point, I have to take care of myself. I also never signed up to like necessarily be this central at the U.S.-Mexico border. It's like me and some people met each other. There was a big need. We started working together and then it exploded from there. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, you know, we started this organization from nothing and we're still definitely building it. Um, But it's tiring and it's hard. And, you know, I haven't made a livable salary in like a long time. And so last March, I was just under so much stress and I was so tired and my body was just like rejecting itself that I decided to start applying for other jobs, look what the options were. And I ended up getting shortlisted for like a position with Doctors Without Borders New York. And before the interview, I just like put on this freaking playlist about, you know, or I put on her album on repeat because it was just like reinforcing the idea that it's okay to not want the structure, like think that the structures that are happening are messed up and it's okay to like, say something about it. You know, I think there's a lot of pressure to address problems in certain ways or to pretend that they're not happening or address them in the way that, you know, people want you to address them, especially as someone who is, you know, I'm, I'm quite young. I'm 25. I get a lot of advice from people who aren't there and haven't been there and don't know what like the actual situation is. And so to he- hear somebody make an album that basically was like, fuck the pressure, you know, like (laughs) do what you feel is right and do what you need to do. Because like at the end of the day, like this isn't correct and Mm -hmm. what's happening isn't right. And like gas yourself up and you're going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And so her like most recent album, I just like can really see the growth within Little Sims as an individual through those changes of albums. And I also can see the growth of myself and like the way that I connect with the albums has changed as I've gotten older. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, um, you know, you went off on a big adventure trying to do what's right. And you ended up with a bunch of different complex emotions. One, loneliness, which also, I mean, I can relate to a lot. I am an isolationist and an introvert as well. Um, But on top of that, you have corporate trauma and then anger and like, and some, on some level, you need to sit in that and figure out who you are and how the world is relating to you and coming to reality with that. And she sat with you in that. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you could eventually time's up to sit in that. And eventually you got to go do something about it. And, um, you went and did something about it and she was there through the whole swing of coming to reality and then mm-hmm. taking action on it. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I think part of it, was too when I did, didn't end up getting the Doctors Without Borders job, which I am very grateful that mm-hmm. that didn't happen. I am very grateful that I stayed with Solidarity. But when I didn't get that job, it her music then caught me to like get me all riled up to be like, well, the whole system's messed <laughs> up, you know? Like, yeah. You know, they were like, and that's okay to like acknowledge that it's messed up and it's okay. And also it's not easy. And I think that that was really what she made me like made me feel connected on because so many people hear about my job and my work and what I'm doing. And they're like, wow, that's so wonderful. (laughs) That work is so important. I wish I could do something like that. And I'm like, you don't understand though. You don't understand like how difficult it can get sometimes. And I think like little Sims albums, just talking about, specifically her most recent one is a lot about capitalism and so to like hear her struggle and like the mental battles like because it's like I'm getting gaslit by society all the time you know like honestly and so to hear her feel similar emotions but you know focused on the music industry and you know inequality generally speaking was really refreshing um but yeah she she is forever going to be one of my favorite artists I think nice um yeah I also would like to pull this away from your job because you're so much more <laughs> than your job. Um, but I also didn't realize, I mean, make the assumption, we grew up together when we were really little, really little, but now we both live in the same city and we've become friends again. I didn't. I personally didn't realize you were also an introvert. I know, it's surprising. Um, surprises people about me as well. I really need, I need to be alone like minimum two nights a week. Yeah. Like minimum, I, and that's just scraping by. Yeah. 
Um, but, and that's, and a lot of people think that's like a sad time. It's just like, no, it's not that I'm sad and I need to be alone. It's just, I need to be alone. Mm -hmm. So is there any, like, I mean, besides little Sims, cause we've talked, not that she, we don't need to talk about yeah. her anymore, but like in those like lonely moments, not lonely moments, but like alone moments, like, is there a different, how much do you, do you spend time listening to different things or do you spend? spend that time more making things when you're just happy to be alone. Cause I don't want to be productive when I'm alone sometimes either. No, it really depends honestly if my roommates are home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm really sensitive to sound. So when my roommates are home, I'm listening to stuff because mm. I don't want to hear life outside of my own life. Yeah. But when I am alone and it's like silent, I think a lot of the times I really enjoy the silence because I just like need to mm -hmm. process some emotions and like process information. I feel like I'm getting information from all ends all the time. And so my alone time is really important to like just sit down and process it. But also my alone time is when I get into some of my more like fun music taste mm -hmm. because like I said, like Marigold, my self positive affirmation playlist, that's like my go to during the week, you know, yeah. to keep me going it's what I have in the subway it's like if I, my roommates are home that's what I'll put in my headphones as I'm doing my work so if mm -hmm. I hear anything it's just like you're doing great sis and I'm like thanks I know um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. when I am alone I can kind of like get into some different genres of music that I definitely can't focus to but can help Bring out different aspects of myself. Like, for example, Blue, surprisingly, is my sad playlist. Mm. And my sad playlist is also my most bilingual playlist. So oh. I have, like, a, I find that I connect just, mu like, sad music better in Spanish than I do in English. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because mm. I'm, like, here at English and I'm, like, you're all just saying this. But in Spanish, yeah. I'm, like, wow, poetry. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, it, it really depends on my mood like if I can yeah. have some alone time and it's quiet the quiet is just like the best music I could ever imagine sometimes yeah but also when I have that space I'm able to like really expand what I'm listening to and you know that's when I will start to add things to the playlists you know mm -hmm. like my playlists aren't built with people around and they're also not built during my workday they're built when I'm like sitting around you know doing whatever I'm doing whether mm -hmm. that's like cleaning or you know doodling or I don't know walking around the park that's when I build out the playlist essentially yeah that makes sense. Uh, w when you're not actively like building out the playlist. So like when I think what's music that I listen to, like when I'm alone or music you can dance to when you're alone mm -hmm. is like, I always think of the old, you remember when we were kids, uh, the old guitar hero yeah. commercials where yeah. they got there, you'd be like playing guitar hero and just yeah. like a dress shirt and socks or whatever. Like what genre or artist? Is that like that mood? Reggaeton. Reggaeton? Yeah, because okay. like with dancing, mm -hmm. it's also the same that I like learned with music is like I was told that I didn't have any rhythm and I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that sounds that sounds right. Whatever. And now when I'm alone, that's what I'll blast and I'll be like, doo, 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 you know, that's mm -hmm. what I'll really get down to in my free time. And I feel like it's really helped been like a therapeutic exercise because it's like allowed me to not only reconnect with like myself, you know, mentally but also physically you know but I won't like listen to that music with people around <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah yeah that's fair yeah <laughs> like guilty pleasures just for yourself yeah and like my friends who are you know Hispanic or speak Spanish will definitely like bump it and I can like hang <laughs> like I was just with my friend my one of my best friends Dominican and I went up and visited some of her like childhood friends mm -hmm. and they were also surprised that I knew the music and I was like yeah. yeah, I know the music. You know, where do you think, who, what do you think I dance to when I'm by myself? It's this, mm -hmm. it's this. Yeah, I remember in high school, uh, we had a, I had a Spanish teacher that did not want to be a Spanish teacher. He definitely had other things that he wanted to be, mm -hmm. but he became a father early and it's like, mm -hmm. it's a good job and he loves Spanish. So he would always base our Spanish classes around music. Oh like God. we had to learn several songs in Spanish. And I do remember having some some element of, I mean, you learn the technique, you learn your conjugations yeah. and your verbs and whatever. But I, what I took most with me, because all the Spanish I actually know how to use, I learned working in a kitchen, not in Spanish class. Yeah. But um, the the idea is like it stuck with me. And there was times that like I was just a 
full of hormones, angry little adolescent boy that like I was trying to find music. And a lot of times it was the music that was played there. It's like, I forget who else was in there, but there was like, I don't know. Hispanic people are probably going to make fun of me, but I loved Prince Royce and Enrique Iglesias like (laughs) so much in high school that like (laughs) if I just needed to not think about anything or like needed to cry or just like be angry in some capacity because I don't know what they're saying, I could just impress, project my emotions (laughs) on the music. Those would be the people that I would listen to. That's so good. Yeah, I actually like earlier this year got way more into like modern kind of Latin music because Mm -hmm. there um, was a Netflix show called La Firma, which means like the signature. Mm -hmm. And it's like the most wholesome singing show competition. They basically have like artists from all over Latin America and it takes place in Miami. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like the prize is the winner gets like a signature or a contract with Neon 16, which is like the premier, you know, Latin music Mm -hmm. kind of producer. And I watched that show like shortly after I moved from from the border back to Colorado. And I got exposed to so many different subgenres of music in Latin America. And I found it to be also like a really wholesome show. Like they never insulted the cont- the contestants. Like they were always so supportive. You know, I laughed, I cried. Like I really got, <laughs> I really experienced the whole like range of emotions. And then from there, I got exposed to a lot of different types of music because they had some of like the premier names in Latin music be the judge, like Raul Alejandro, I think is his name. He, um, and then like Nikki Nicole, who's now I'm sure going to be in my top like my Spotify wrapped um I think it really just helped me connect to to music in a different way and it also like helps me to connect to music in another language because I find it sometimes when I'm just like really really overwhelmed it's honestly easier for me to process my emotions in Spanish which is Mm -hmm. like confusing (laughs) because it's very much my second language um but like for example when I go to figure drawing sessions, you know, where you like draw the naked people, they last a long time and I can only focus for so long. And that's part of the reason why I like it because like at a certain point it just gets weird. My brain gets really abstract and like everyone's like really focusing. They're like professional artists. I have my crayons on the table. (laughs) I have their like pencils. And at a certain point, like I'm no longer drawing. I'm just like writing whatever comes to my mind. And I notice that when my brain gets to a certain level of tired, I find it easier to express myself in Spanish because the the thoughts can only be so complex, you know, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. can only get so complex. And mm-hmm. I think that's like partially why I really connect to Spanish music is it's a different way to, to process my emotions. And I found it to be really helpful. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, I mean, the border is obviously a big impression on you, but didn't you spend some time in Greece? I did. Um, I, yeah. Like the refugee crisis. Was there, I don't know how long you were there, but was there any impression like of like other language music there or not so much? I spent like two different like chunks of time. One was like a month and a half and one was three months. And to be honest, I don't think very much just because Mm. at the time, like I wasn't as connected to music as much and I didn't have as much like time on my hands. You know, it was much more, I was a volunteer. So I was like directed, you do this here, this, Mm -hmm. then, and then play on this. And then that's the end of the day. And then when I moved to the border and, you know, started solidarity, I just like suddenly had so much time where the point of the time was to figure out what to do next and you know you can't always be productive you're like the brain just doesn't work that way you need time to sit and so that's when I like I also think I really got into music is to help like the subconscious um but now my like discover weekly and some of my recommendations has music from all over the world like I had some like nine my 2010 mix for example (laughs) yeah has like music from all over the world no I think it's my 2000s mix it has like music from India it's got different like African countries in it I'm like I've never once listened to a song from India but somehow Spotify was like this is what you need and it was right yeah so like I think all of the and I had like I think it has influenced me now in the way of when I do hear like Arab music Mm -hmm. I'll be more inclined to listen to it Mm -hmm. but there wasn't like a specific opening of time or like interest there that makes sense I didn't know if there was a cross connection there but um yeah global music I have a friend that just like just randomly like turned their car on one day in college and like they were listening to Hungarian hip-hop I'm like how 
Did you get into this? Um, <laughs> but no, I do think there's something to what you were saying before about if there's like a limiting factor to like your ability to control your emotions in some capacity, it is a little more conducive to feel them and express them and, and get them out, which is interesting. Yeah. That music and also in a different language yeah. combined does that. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've learned to like music from all over the world, especially because, you know, I have friends from like lots of different areas. And then for a while when I was, you know, crossing back and forth between the U.S. and Mexico, we didn't have like a radio. Like I couldn't plug my phone in for a few months. Mm -hmm. And so we only listened, like I only listened to local channels, which means I listened to a lot of like gospel music in Spanish mm. and a lot of like ranchero music, which is, you know, like country music. That's all, all over, you know, mm. different countries have their different versions of ranchero. And I was driving up to Rochester with my friend Carla, who's my like really good friend who's Dominican. And I just shuffled my playlist and a ranchero song came on and she looks at me and she goes, damn, Chloe, you're always full of surprises. <laughs> and I was like, never underestimate me. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. That's really nice. Good combination of stuff. Um, we can, I think we got enough time to squeeze in some prompts if we get a little more specific. Although I feel like we have been fairly specific here. Um, the first question at the top of the deck, um, something that defined an era of your life. I feel like we kind of talked about that with Lil Sims, but if you want to go any further. I think like one, you know, part of music that will forever define my childhood is probably the Beatles. My, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Yeah. Like my dad had, you know, the Beatles, like a hundred, you know, top 100 mm -hmm. songs, you know, their hundred most influential songs. And for years into my adulthood, the Beatles still stayed in my top Spotify wrapped. Now my like, they're not, sorry, the Beatles, sorry, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think like, as far as childhood goes, I know I said like, we really, and I mentioned them briefly, but like, I will forever have like a soft spot for the Beatles and I know their music very well because my dad, you know, those little like iPod nano or not yeah, nanos, yeah. but the iPod, whatever, the ones that were that shape that were yeah. really brightly colored. I got my brother's hammy down and like the only thing that was on it was yeah. the Beatles like 100. I vividly remember because I think we talked recently about the Christmas that we spent with yeah. you guys as kids. I remember Josh getting that. That year and being so incredibly jealous. Yeah. I remember I, w I was really little. I was like, dang, that can hold like 10,000 songs. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, it took a few years for me to eventually inherit it, but I, it eventually became mine. Yeah. So uh, the era of the Beatles in your life is would be what time or just any time? I like it got influenced in childhood and then through high school, mm -hmm. I really still listened to a lot of the Beatles. Um, I was dating someone most of through high school who was like really into music. He ended up studying music. And that was one thing we found common ground on was he also really liked the Beatles. Um, and so it just came, you know, part of my regular life. And then up until like, I don't even know when, probably halfway through college, it stayed in my Spotify rap as like, like my top five. And mm -hmm. it was like the Beatles to me is like childhood and adolescence, you know, yeah. and like growing up and trying to connect with the, like a, with a generation that's not yours, mm -hmm. but like still connecting. And then also there was like that cool vintage aspect of it or whatever. Yeah. I remember, um, I used to always think, wow, those kids are smooth that know the the old classic rock like That's really well. Saying. It's like it was almost like a you have a good dad if you know <laughs> if you know like good, good, classic, good rock. classic rock music. I specifically remember in high school I took an accounting class and my accounting teacher uh just threw on um ACDC Pandora and I was like uh, she was just handing out candy to the first person to like oh tell God. you like what who the song either the name or the artist was. And I was like, yeah. I know none of these people. I'm not cool at all. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a way to make yourself like the it person. Yeah, back you were in like the, the cool kid if you knew classic rock. And yeah. so like I definitely leaned into that. And my dad, you know, my dad had his piece in it for sure. Like I would not yeah. have listened to the Beatles the way I did without him. But I definitely resonated with that, like, 
I, I'm with the old days. They don't make they don't make good music yeah, anymore. The yeah, the peak of music is past. Yeah, the era of just the recording equipment yeah. and yeah, it's yeah. just like whatever it was. And British rock bands are way better than American yeah. rock bands or yeah. whatever. There's it was cool to say. There's never going to be a star as big as them. Yeah, yeah, you take a stance or like you say, well, there was only three TV channels, so everyone watched the Beatles, and yeah. no one will want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That's a good a good memory. Yeah. We'll hop on to the next one. Um, I feel like we kind of covered this too, uh, but may, what's a s- music that made you want to be something in particular, like become something? Taylor Swift to this day yeah? makes me want to be a country rock star, but only if I'm at a bar and only uh, what, love story. Mm-hmm. Love story gets me hyped yeah. unlike any other song like that is a musical masterpiece i'm not a taylor swift like i respect taylor swift i'm not a swifty yeah. i don't like I, I stopped listening to her mostly after red just like my <laughs> my taste evolved i don't know any of her new music beyond like some of the really famous ones but love story to this day i'll be like i don't really listen to taylor swift and then love story comes on <laughs> and i literally just like i can't contain it i can't contain it yeah and so I think, like, it's probably Taylor Swift love story. It makes me want to be a country music star. And, like, it's never going to happen. But I was visiting my sister in Alaska, like, a few months ago. And at her favorite bar, it was Taylor Swift night. And I had my lavender cowgirly hat. Yeah. And I felt my big-ass hoops. I was like, <laughs> I am a country music star. And, yeah. like, Taylor Swift love story came on. You know, it was just, like, it always makes me feel like I am the main character and everyone else is just watching. And if you don't feel that way when you're l- listening to Love Story 2, then I'm sorry. Because everybody should th- feel that way. It's a banger. Yeah. It's a banger. No, I I agree. It's Taylor Swift has some really good karaoke songs like just every time it gets your heart like racing the way that it builds in love story i'm like this is an iconic piece of yeah like art yeah agreed i mean i'm not gonna disagree as you couldn't if you tried to disagree with that right now i'd literally leave i'd be like i'm sorry but you know nothing about anything that's fair i i do remember having memories of just like everyone just her being like a talking piece Mm -hmm. in like pop culture and then just being like, but like, this isn't bad. Like as a kid, like growing up as yeah. a, like, you know, and then like, there's some that like just get stuck in your head. Like it just, I, there's so many things I remember just getting stuck in my head and they were just her music growing up. Yeah. But. I mean, like, I'm not like a big Taylor, like I don't listen to Taylor Swift in my own time, but love story that yeah. comes on 10 out of 10. I will be falling to one knee when Romeo yeah. take me somewhere, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I will full on propose to have whoever's around me. It could yeah. be a stranger. Yeah. That song comes in. I could be bawling. I could have just gotten dumped by the love of my life. You put love story on. I'm dropping to my knee. I'm like, back up. it's like a screamo love story. You know, I'm into it. Yeah. I feel like the like, uh, our song makes me want to be an American, like an all-American <laughs> high schooler. Also, you know, like yeah. I feel like that's the classic. Like I wish I had the, ch- I wish I had the Letterman jacket still. You know, exactly. It, like makes you, it just like brings you back to your childhood. I also like really love, like uh, there's an aspect of me that really loves like ro- teen dramas, mm-hmm. and I think that's the the same part of me that loves like teen movies, yeah. loves that era of Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know. I also feel like it's the same people that love Olivia Rodrigo right yeah. now. Um, and I'm one of those people. But, like, it's, As you should it, be. like, fits the, like, you know, I, I'm i still I'm still young and You're can be young. angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I can still be young and heartbroken. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. It, it brings us back to our youth. Yeah. Which we're still in. Yes, of Forever course. Forever a kid also. Yeah. Early 20s is 25, right? I think so. That's yeah. A, that's math. Yeah, um, the last we can get a few more. I think. Uh, what's a what's music that reminds you of a particular person hmm. besides your dad and Alex? Besides my dad, oh my gosh, you know Allie Johnson. Allie I J. I do. <laughs> I one changed of, her tire. <laughs> one of my, me and my sister's really good friends. Uh, suicide is it? Suicide boy. Suicide squad. Suicide boys. Suicide boys. I always forget yeah. it. Suicide Boys, because one time we were, she was there when we were in Alaska, <laughs> and we're driving down the road, and she just goes, 
play materialism is a means to an end by Suicide Boys. <laughs> and this is not a joke. And yeah. now me and my sister will just forever play that song. And I love Allie J because she listens to some hard rap. She's like this small, like petite little white girl, but she listens to some hard rap and she gets down to it. Yeah. And so like the way that like Suicide Boys will always just bring a special place in my heart for Allie J because she just will really get all, and she'll get the whole crowd into it. It does not matter yeah. if you know Suicide Boys. You are getting down. That's one I've, like, I have so many friends that say that, that they just unapologetically love Suicide Boys. And I was like, yeah, sure, you're, it's around. But like, it feels like it's a group activity. Like, it oh, always feels like a group activity. Like, I'm not a fan of them. I would never put them on alone it's by myself activity. but so many times it's become a group and it's always white people You're, yeah it's <laughs> like you it hypes people up my she's going to suicide boys at red rocks on halloween which i'm like there's gonna be a few alcohol poisoning deaths there. yeah for real it's gonna go hard so i think that <laughs> suicide boys will always go to ali j that's yeah that's she gets a shout out <laughs> that's here. really sweet yeah. yeah nice um we'll go one more um Bring you what brings you back to your childhood? I mean, we talked about the Beatles already. Yeah, I so feel that, like yeah, the Beatles. For the, the Beatles most is part. that one. Um, this one is not related to people, and I've I've said before that. Um, well, the question is music that reminds you of a particular place in time. Um, I always find that to preface this question mm -hmm. is uh, when it's positive, like a good positive feeling, the song relates to people, and when it when like a, a crystallized moment is sad, like with music, it's a particular place and time specifically. Interesting. So like, Interesting. do you have a, the, like a song that just brings you back to a place and time without people around? Hmm. That's interesting. I feel like what pops into my head is Halo by Beyonce, because mm. I just remember driving, like doing the drive from Greeley down to like McAllen, Texas, which is like a 20 hour drive and blasting Halo by Beyonce. I mean, just like on repeat too, like not just once, like repeat. Yeah. Just like sobbing and like <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, Texas, no one to be found. I'm out of service, you know, like if my car breaks down, then it breaks down. It breaks down and we're gonna figure it out. But like, I don't think I've ever cried to a song. Mm -hmm. That's fair. <laughs> the way that I had cried to Halo and mm -hmm. I don't even know why it wasn't even like it make, making me think of anyone specifically. It just was like, you do have a halo. And I like yeah. that idea of like protection. So I think that that's probably like what comes to my mind most is in the middle of nowhere, Texas completely alone, yeah. driving and listening to Halo by Beyonce. On yeah, repeat. I feel like those, I feel like those always happen driving. Yeah. Like driving like adds a whole nother element to it. I think it also goes back to what we were talking about, how Spanish music makes it easier to, to like conduct emotions yeah. because it's like limited. I feel like driving has something to do with that too. Mm -hmm. Cause like you have to have some level of awareness of what's going around. So that like kind of lowers yeah. your bandwidth. And I, I don't know, that's just my theory. No, that like makes a lot of sense. And you like have to focus on this like menial task kind of, and you're just yeah. like driving and your brain's like doing whatever brains are doing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The, you're, subconscious is doing whatever the subconscious and, is subconsciousing yeah. <laughs> yeah it's doing whatever it is but i mind to this question is like a, a like a different one speaking of female country artists i really like uh carly pierce a lot she's like actually a very poppy new female country artist but like i remember for some reason it was came on 106.1 like i had this like image ingrained in my head i was the year i was home for a year at college i was driving down um County Road N between like uh, between K and um, Highway 45 in mm -hmm. Wisconsin. I just remember specifically and just seeing that it was on there. And like it, the image to the left of me was the, the, the county dump. <laughs> and it was like February in Wisconsin. It was gray. It was snowy. It was gross. But like I just have this memory. And the song Every Little Thing came on. Oh and like the op I don't know what is in the opening hook of that song, but immediately like takes three seconds. So immediately that emotion every time that I hear it. I was like, I was having a tough time. I was like, man. I went away to college. I failed. I came home to college. I'm still unhappy. I failed. Now I want to quit and go somewhere else. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just had all these things of like, who am I going to be? What's going on? I was sad. It was bleak. It was cold outside. And I was just like, all the things. And then there's like this back, like, 
drop beat and then just like a hook and the piano comes in on it just killed me like in that moment i was like matt the like opening hook matched exactly what i was feeling and like i don't cry very often but that was one of the times that just immediately and i was like this is a very strange song for this (laughs) to happen to but it reminds me of on county road and by the county dump (laughs) in february music does that to you music does that to you yeah that was that one for me (laughs) (laughs) um maybe we can get one last one in here and uh a song or music that changed your life I think that what changed the music that like the song had changed my life is probably Rainforest by No Name because that is the first song in Lavender. That is the mm. song that started the color playlists, which nice. will never go away now, especially because like I'm just adding to the rainbow, you know, and all my playlists are still active. It's not like I start one and then I end mm. it. I slowly add it. So I think it would be, uh, yeah, Rainforest by No Name. It was my first ever song that I ever put into a playlist, and now I have a whole rainbow of my different vibes. Nice. Well, I think that's it. Thank you for having me. It was a good time. Good conversation. Covered some new ground. Um, But, yeah, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And uh, that's wraps on episode five. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Great. Nice. That was fun. That was fun.